0: Hello, everyone. It is Jamie Jill Wright here with another episode of Mad Lit Musings, where we chat with authors about faith and fiction and nonfiction, and we go into the deep questions of story and faith. Uh, today, I have with me Valerie Frazier-Lessie, and um, she is a author, fellow author of Baker Publishing House, um, where my books are published as well, and she has a book out called letters from my sister so welcome valerie to madlet musings well thank you it's a pleasure to be here thanks for the invite all right so um we have your book that's coming out which is letters from my sister and um, i'll just read a little bit off the back cover two sisters one single event a family changed forever at the turn of the century sisters emily and callie bullock are living a privileged life as the only daughters of a wealthy Alabama cotton farmer when their well-ordered household gets turned upside down by the arrival of Lily McGee. Arrestingly beautiful, Lily quickly and innocently draws the wrong kind of attention. Meanwhile, Callie meets a man who offers her the freedom to abandon social constraints and discover her truest self. After Lily has a baby, Callie witnesses something she was never meant to see, Or did she? Her memory is a haze, just an image in her mind of Emmy standing on a darkened riverbank and cradling Lily's missing baby girl. Only when the sisters are separated does the truth slowly come to light through their letters, including a revelation that will shape the rest of Callie's life. That sounds like delicious and mysterious (laughs) and I know that you're probably not going to put all the ghostly dark gothic spins on it that I always like to do with mine but that sounds it sounds like kind of that
1: southern a little bit of southern darkness there am I right or wrong yeah you know there's this um (laughs) singer songwriter that I love by the name of Kate Campbell and she calls it southern noir (laughs) she said it's this thing where you can be in a place in the south and it can be a bright sunny day with a blue sky but you can still sense in certain places something Mm -hmm. an undercurrent okay and um i remember feeling that at dockery farms which is on the blues trail in the mississippi delta and i feel it a lot outside and more outside than what you might expect in an old house or something like an old home place or something so there is some of that going on i think
0: I Uh like that I like Uh that so tell us a little bit about I mean I just read the back cover obviously but tell us a little bit about where the story came from what inspired you
1: and just let's let's launch into the story all righty all righty well a lot of this is really inspired by my grandmother's family and she uh she had one sister my great aunt Effie my grandmother's name was Icy Lee and um they were the the lone sisters growing up in this house full of brothers and their father was a a successful cotton planter um or farmer really i mean that people you say planter and people you know picture oh, right. millions of acres and it wasn't like that but he was right, just a, right. a good successful cotton farmer and um and they were very different like my aunt effie was um she died before i was born but she was reportedly very feminine, whatever that means, very ladylike. Uh, She taught school. She was a regular churchgoer, very devout. Uh, My grandmother was bored with women. She wanted to be talking farming. She wanted to know what the men were doing in the fields. Uh, Her father was a hero. She liked to be around (laughs) livestock, you know, So they were they were opposites. And yet right before my grandmother um, died, she was in her 90s when she died. My mother asked her if she had any regrets. And she said, well, I wish I'd been more like Effie, which was kind of because and she named my mother after. My mother's name is Effie Nanette.
0: Um, And she -hmm.
1: she goes by Nanette. But Effie is her first name. And my grandmother was just not the kind of person who would model herself after anybody. She was Mm -hmm. I mean. Her nickname in our family was the colonel. That should tell you something. Strong woman there. I love it. Strong
0: southern woman.
1: (laughs) My mother's brother came home from World War II, and he said she was bossier than any sergeant he encountered in the United States (laughs) Army. So he called her the colonel, and it kind of stuck. Um, But anyway, just the idea that she admired anybody enough to want to be like them was kind of surprising Mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm and then the the letters kind of came from some postcards that I found in a cabinet in her bedroom and they were between uh, my grandmother and her sister when uh Anne Effie was at the University of Alabama for a summer teaching program and there was a lightness to them and um uh, I don't know just a sense of fun in their exchanges mm-hmm. to each other that surprised me because my grandmother's very serious you know <laughs> uh, don't get too happy because the worst is is just around the corner. You know, that was my grandmother. <laughs> prepare. Prepare. Yeah, yeah, prepare for the worst. <laughs> so, um, so just that element of her personality. And I started picturing these two sisters on a cotton farm with all these brothers and, you know, what life might be like for them. So that's where part of the relationships came from. And the other big part of it was that there was a woman named, a black woman named Bama McCoy, who ran my great-grandparents' home. I mean, she ran the house. Mm -hmm. Um, She cooked. She did everything. And she's one of the few people that my grandmother truly revered and respected. Um, I think my mother told me that her oldest brother was born in a hospital, and she said the rest Mm -hmm. of them, mother and Bama handled. So Bama was a midwife, and she delivered all these children. And um, when she died, my grandmother had my cousin— drive her to the home where and it's a tradition in the south where you'd mm-hmm. you know bring the deceased back home and everybody yep. would go specs and um i think it was mother's day weekend and my grandmother took a corsage and and put it on bama so she loved her mm-hmm. all of, them. and so um at a time when those relationships were not the norm mm-hmm. when you tend to think of more distance between black and white more conflict between black southerners and white southerners um it was absolutely possible for those lines to be crossed mm. and that things get interesting you know is mm-hmm. where the moments where the personal and the heartfelt really jumps over those societal barriers and yeah or whatever and my grandmother wasn't one to follow anybody's rules anyway um, but just that she was genuinely close to this woman and respected her so much so those that's where it all started with those okay. relationships I love it I love it
0: and I love the element of your own family kind of interwoven through the story obviously fictionalized um, but <laughs> that inspiration coming from from real life is always encouraging because then when you read stories like this um, about crossing you know racial lines or just sisters that are, can be completely different um, it's always encouraging to see those stories come out and the joy and the hope that can
1: come from those
0: relationships
1: Yeah, right and th- th- that's part of the character of of Lily who in the story she's the granddaughter of um, Hepzibah Jordan who was okay. kind of modeled after this uh, woman who kept house for my great grandparents and uh, Lily kind of shakes things up because she is described as being, you know, of course, the terminology back then, they would say colored, which we would not say now, but those characters. did. So mm-hmm. she was not black. She was not white. She was as uh, Callie Caesar just occupying the space somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. And I don't really address that too much because I didn't want to get caught up in that. I just wanted that she's in the middle and she's beautiful, mm-hmm. and, and that is something that sort of troubles some of the white women in the community, and Callie recognizes that, and she says, you know, she makes it very hard for them to believe they're better than her, you know, yeah. because she's very beautiful and very talented. She's a singer, and mm-hmm. so uh, Callie sees the jealousy of these mm-hmm. who are really gossiping about Lily mm-hmm. and yeah. her her because they're jealous of her and Callie sees that right away Callie is you know the protagonist and she's like they're just you know she's just upset their apple cart because Mm -hmm. believe what they've always believed if they look at her and listen to her sing so um I like those things that kind of flip you know the normal way of the community and really I I tend to say community instead of society because most of her well, their small town of the rural south for the most part. And those tend to be their own little worlds. You know, a yeah. small is its own little world, probably small town anywhere. And everybody knows everybody and everybody knows what the rules are. You right. know. Right. Everybody knows who the good people are and who the bad people are, you know. And yep. You, yep. you know, and I remember when I was about to graduate high school and I wanted to go to Auburn University instead of a smaller University nearby, and everybody would say, Why do you want to go to such a big school? And I was like, Because I'm so tired of going to a school, my high school, where not only do we all know each other, our parents all knew each other, our friends even knew each other. And so I feel like I have this expectation of me, you know. Yeah. So I wanted to get away from that. And I, but so sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's, it can be suffocating, you know, just this. oh, we know who your parents are. So we know what you're like, you know, right. Right. And everybody knows when the lines
0: are crossed or rules are broken. I was actually doing some research in some old newspapers and um, I was really shocked that they were almost the, I think they were almost like rag papers back in the day, but it was their actual, their actual town newspaper. It, It wasn't meant to be a tabloid. And yet it read like that. It was like, Lucy May was seen leaving <laughs> Charles Beacon's house at 8 p.m. after dark, like, and they would report it like it was That's news. Crazy. And I'm like, what?
1: That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, you know, yeah. just, to, just to think of, you know, the, the roles of, of women, you know, through, and I think there's always been free thinking women in every generation, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and, and Callie is is certainly that. Um, there's another really, to me, fascinating character in the book. Her name is Terza, and she is Hepzibah's mother. And Terza is a seer. She is a former, she was formerly enslaved. She was freed in Alabama and stayed in Alabama and became a landowner and bought her, brought all of her family together and seized herself. Uh, she tells Callie that, that God made her a deliverer. She gets to deliver hope. She said every new child brings hope that things Mm -hmm. will be better. And so she said God blessed her with the family and uh, made her a deliverer of hope. And uh, and so Terza is just very insightful. And she tells Callie, you know, your sister, she has the tender heart, but you have the questioning heart Mm -hmm. and that's going to cause you pain. But the truth will set you free. But your yeah. freedom will come at a price, right? You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, because Callie just won't accept things the way they are, and she wants to understand, you know, why these relationships are what they are. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I
0: love that. I love that. I love relationships in books. I mean, and I think it's because they they really do parallel real life, you know, mm-hmm. and and we read all well, this fiction, and yet I think inside all of us are going, ooh that's a sting or, ooh, yes, that's
1: the joy. Like, yes,
0: I've been there, done that, seen that, felt that. (laughs) I'm so much more
1: interested in the the inner life of characters and their relationships with each other, which, Mm -hmm. you know, for some reason, readers expect something to happen. I don't know what's going on with them, but they want a plot, you know? I guess. It's like, what? You want something (laughs) to happen? And the very first book that I did, which was called Missing Isaac, my dad read an early draft and he said, oh, it's real good. Don't nothing much happen to page 35, though, does it? <laughs> and so I had done every. I was so scared of writing dialogue that everything was reflection. Everything oh. was the same character. <laughs> he was reflecting for 35 pages. And so I finally decided, you know, they have to talk. And mm-hmm. I was so afraid of writing bad dialogue that I just wouldn't write any. And I, since I got over that fear, it's my very favorite thing to do. Dialogue is kind my like- favorite thing today mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um and so my characters talk now that was a big step forward for me you That's know a bonus characters who talk <laughs> in a book what a great idea actually kudos
0: to it. your daddy <laughs> <laughs>
1: so when he reads the first draft and he tells me he's kind of he'll say things like it gets really good on page 16 I know I need to get out the old red pen and take (laughs) the pages out because daddy's bored that's such a
0: great way to say hey
1: the first 16 pages not so good sweetie (laughs) yes but um so I can't talk too much about the mystery in the book without giving it away for right. readers, but I was playing with the idea of seeing something that you know you couldn't have seen, and yet you know you saw it, mm-hmm. and that is what happens to Callie. She sees something, she's sure that she saw it, yeah. But then she has uh, memory loss, and so it comes back to her in flashes. But when she, as she remembers, she's more disturbed because she's like, I, this cannot be, yeah. this could not have happened. Mm-hmm. And I know I didn't dream it. And so it's about her kind of wrestling with that yeah. uh, because it involves her sister, whom she adores. Um, and her sister, Emmy, doesn't realize what Callie saw. And so mm-hmm. they're figuring it out. Okay. Together, because Emmy could have explained it, but she can't because she doesn't know what happened. So right, right. All, you know, it's it's all that. It's their okay. trust in each other, mm-hmm. in some way, getting them through this, but in another way, fueling the confusion. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. so I realize that sounds convoluted and woo, but anyway. No, yes. I
0: love it. I love it. But you know what? Let's take a Let's take a quick break. And then when we come okay. back, I want to ask you about the title and just some questions about letters and things like that. So. okay. Are you enjoying today's broadcast with our featured author? You can find out more about them and other authors from Baker Publishing Group at bakerbookhouse.com. Use code MADLIT40 for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title at bakerbookhouse.com. This also includes Revel and Bethany House Publishing. Go over fast. It's MADLIT40. That's your magic code for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title. All right. We are back here at MADLIT Musings <laughs> with Valerie Frazier-Lussie, and we are talking about her release letters from my sister. And so far, we've been having a lot of fun chit-chatting i love yeah. it it's it's so exciting um but i wanted to ask you a little bit about the title so the letters from my sister i'm assuming this is written in story form or is it like a epist- is it the word epistolary where you actually read the letters back and forth or? yeah it's
1: it's it's uh the letters come from a period when the sisters are separated okay about midway right, through the book Um, And that is also based on a a family event. My grandmother, um, I don't know. I know there are healing springs all over the country. I don't think they're just, you know. And so there was a resort called Claremont Springs um, in Alabama. And when my grandmother was, I think, 17, she was sent to stay there for a year. And her father took her a dog to keep her company. And he would go. Uh, take her best friend by train to visit her so she wouldn't get lonely but all she ever said about it was I had trouble with my nerves you know and that's all she would say Uh, and so we all puzzled over that for years and said why didn't we ask somebody who would have known when they were all still alive Um, but I took that journey and gave it to Callie one of the Mm -hmm. sisters and so while she's separated. from emmy Mm -hmm. they're corresponding okay and um it's kind of through the letters that they start figuring out things if that makes any sense yeah yeah uh, while they're Mm -hmm. apart
0: right well sometimes i think it's easier to communicate when you're not face to face about things that you have to be really honest about Mm -hmm. or perceptions that you have that yeah wrong or right you're not sure um and I'm always kind of, one of those people like it's probably better to talk it through because you can't misinterpret, you know, True. inflections and such. But at the same time, I don't know how many issues I've started to address, at least in a letter where it's like, let me just get my thoughts out.
1: So we have a yeah. starting point. Yeah, it is. You're absolutely right. It's it's easier um, to be very honest with that little bit of distance. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. And it's easy to see things, you know, to understand maybe what you need to say with some distance as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, when you're yeah, when you're very close. Um, so, yeah, I think that that was that was an important part of it for them to have the distance and yet the trust and they're trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. And I love setting the book. I've never set a book back this far. It's 1909, okay. 1910. Mostly I do the 60s through the 40s, but um, I wanted that, I wanted letter writing, I wanted trains, I wanted horseback, I wanted mm-hmm. buggies, you know, I wanted that life that my grandmother and her sister lived, and I, I didn't want instant communication, you know, we're so right. text, call, whatever, right. um, email, and I didn't want that, I wanted to go back to that time when there wasn't a telephone, you know, and there, you know, you had to sit down and write, a letter because going back to the postcards and things i found uh, or my mother and i found um they're so elegant and they're so um they're they're personal and warm and yet there's a politeness to them um that you don't see in a text message you know right, right.
0: yeah there's
1: a certain yeah. dignity to them or something that i really appreciated and, Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah they're they're almost lyrical in a way. Even if the people weren't necessarily great writers, Mm -hmm. there's uh, uh, something about sitting down and putting your thoughts out thoughtfully Mm -hmm. versus quick tap, tap, tap with your thumbs and send.
1: Uh, (laughs) And you can, there's a a little bit of history in them too, because uh, one of the summers that my aunt Effie was at the university um, was during the flu epidemic. And um, their baby brother, my great uncle Clyde, apparently was sick. And she's writing in her postcard to I can't remember if that one was to their mother or to my grandmother. But she's like, please send word of Clyde. I'll be uneasy until I hear that he's all right. You know, and my grandmother writing her to tell her who had died in the community and who was doing better. And, you know, just such a time when we just take for granted that we're going to get well from most things right. you know right there yeah. are plenty of things we don't get well from but um people don't it's people don't die as quickly in a, yeah. you know the way that right. they did back then children in childbirth i mean my grandmother had nine chi- my great grandmother had nine children and lost wow. three of them wow one of them, to some sort of accident when he was a child and then she had twin girls that only lived a couple of days my grandmother lost a son to diphtheria mm. she had another mm. son that caught it and lived thank goodness um but you know we just we've forgotten how much disease yeah. around back then
0: right um, right
1: it was not a given you were going to survive childhood no it just, no
0: it's not. And, you know, it's interesting too, because when you think about even the communication as you're talking about her saying, you know, keep me posted and how he's doing, you know, now the instant, Hey, have you heard from so-and-so? Are they doing okay via text? And within, you know, half an hour, maybe worst case scenario, by the end of the day, you've got some sort of health update and you think about sending a letter and it could have been weeks before you got the next update. I'm like, I think I would have died of anxiety that's how I would
1: have I, <laughs> I would I, I mean
0: forget diphtheria I would have been dead from just not being able to handle the suspense
1: <laughs> right right I just oh. didn't you know but um it was just such a different time and yeah. I I have a few things of my Aunt Effie's. I have a, a a little brooch that my uncle gave me I have um a piece of kind of wine colored velvet from one of her dresses you know just and I have mm-hmm. her her silver dresser set her um mirror her yeah. hand mirror those mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. so um and I just connect with those you know it just I can picture her in the dress made out of that velvet you know mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. so I love that. um and I know that she. Uh, there's a picture we have of her with her bow, mm-hmm. and so I. I don't know anything about their relationship. I don't know how serious they were, or anything like that. But I took that little element and gave it to Emmy's character, okay. and so she's very much in love mm-hmm. with with her fiance, and they're planning to get married. And you know, while Callie is still sort of looking. For yes. something that was very hard to find back then, but then she meets a guy from the Midwest, um, who's not so Midwest. My, who? my husband's from Missouri, so I throw oh, the Midwest every now and then. Um, <laughs> so they they both want very different kinds of relationships, and they they find them because these are very different men mm-hmm. that they are both attracted to, sure. and so so um, so yeah, it's just. it's a lot of relationship and community but also a mystery that they have to figure out if they're going to be okay if that makes any sense
0: oh it totally makes sense and i think you know i shouldn't say unfortunately but unfortunately i think a lot of families have those family mysteries that we're afraid to talk about to get to the root
1: exactly
0: sometimes that honesty while extremely painful (laughs) can make the situation better I mean sometimes it makes it worse too I suppose but
1: yeah yeah I just um I mean I grew up in the 60s and 70s and rural Alabama I mean we had this huge magna box television that occupied a whole corner of the living room it had legs, you know but it only got like three stations <laughs> and um and you know rotary dial telephone nail to the wall certainly no internet or texting or anything like that but my my parents and I lived with my grandmother for I don't know I was 11 or 12 before they built a house and then she moved in with us but her house was the gathering spot and mother is the baby of eight children and when my grandmother was alive you know if if she said I'd like to see you on this weekend you didn't check your calendar you said yes ma'am yes (laughs) ma'am all of our children and their boyfriends and girlfriends will be there as well. You know,
0: (laughs) without question,
1: (laughs) without question, you didn't, you didn't see if your schedule meshed with hers. And so our house was the gathering place for a huge crowd of family back then, maybe 40 people at one time. And, you know, without all this media storytelling was how we entertained each other. And, um, And I love those stories about, and they would be talking about the farm and the family and the community and what happened way back when. And, and I love those. And I figured out if I would keep my mouth shut and behave and not get on everybody's nerves, I could sit quietly and take it all in. Uh And, um, and they wouldn't pay me one bit of attention. I could hear all of it. Um, And there would be some ghost stories in there, which I know you like. I was going to say, sign me up. Yes, (laughs) there would be. Uh, there were stories of a of a ghost choir and their voices drifting down the creek and um, things like that that I just absolutely loved and so I think that's where all this comes from it's just, you know I think I was born too late because nothing happening now is as interesting to me as <laughs> what happened back then <laughs> you know, nothing <that's> right. <laughs> so that's probably bad but um, I just love delving into the, you know, the family past and old pictures and uh, stories about the war, the, you know, World War II. My grandmother was getting letters from my uncle and mother said everything would be blacked out except dear mother loved barrel because of where he was. Um, So just things like that are just, I don't know why, they're just earth shattering to me. Oh, they are, yeah. They really are. So that's where I like to go in stories. I like to go yeah. I like to go back a bit.
0: Sounds great. Well, if people want to get a hold of this book and some of your other novels that you have out there, um, where do they where do they find out more about you
1: and your stories? I have a website that is called shockingly valerie <laughs> um, They can friend me on Facebook. Just Valerie Frazier Lessie. I have a separate Facebook page for books that I created in the beginning, but I'm I can't keep up with two yeah. Facebook. let's so just come on over to my friend page. There you go. Um, can, <laughs> and you can you can find my books uh in your local Christian bookstores. They're on Amazon, um, wherever books are sold, you know, all of the basic online stuff, but I oh, hope God. they're in your local bookstore too. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Valerie, this has been super fun and I'm anxious what? to read the book myself and find <laughs> out some of this family mystery that you won't tell us anymore about. Come on.
1: I spoilers. want to commune with your ghost. That's what I want to
0: do. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe one of these days you and I can write a Southern ghost story, that would be thought-provoking there you go. collaboration or something. So <laughs> absolutely. I'm <laughs> in. Mean, I'm in. all right sign us up uh well thanks so much for being on madlet musings today i really appreciate your time
1: you. come on down to birmingham sometime visit me on my way <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Mad Lit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at com.